covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Joe from StartupRate.io, your startup podcast, YouTube blog, and internet radio station covering the German-speaking startup scene. Today, we do have an update for you, which took uh, quite a while. We do have Florian again here in an interview, 1,336 days after the publication of the old interview. We are doing an update on the new on the new fundraising. Hey, Florian, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, Joe, thanks for inviting me. Uh, I'm doing uh, very well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Um, actually, you guys have been the first interview in our sub podcast, Tech Startups Germany, that is sponsored by Hessen Trade and Invest via the brand European Enterprise Network. We published the interview towards the end of November 2019. And Time flies, but actually, do you know what I realized when I did some digging for our interview? It's still the highest ranked interview if you Google Thinksurance podcast interview. Nice. Congrats. It's probably because of the good moderator. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, given thanks to our enablers, this recording is supported by Hessen Trade Invest and the European Enterprise Network, Hessen. This recording was made possible by HTAI and the Enterprise Europe Network Hessen. These organizations have made tremendous contribution to helping startup businesses succeed and thrive, providing a range of services from helping to find grants to ongoing partnerships. By taking advantage of these resources, startup companies can network and develop innovative strategies for success on the international stage. The dedicated support of HTII and the Enterprise Europe Network Hessen is paramount in providing startup businesses with the tools for lasting success. Look for our dedicated sub-podcast in partnership with them, Tech Startups Germany, or click the link of our link tree link dot ee forward slash startup radio one word and startupraven.com the best way to identify the best way to identify investors and cooperation partners for early stage startups you can sign up for early access at startupraven.com wow now, that was a long intro <laughs> now that we have this out of the way um last time you said um after you've left McKinsey you, um, and started the company with uh, two co-founders, I do believe, um, you've been talking about, don't tell too early you're doing insurance. I tell them we're a tech company. Are you still doing this today? <laughs> <laughs> yes, even though I have to say by now, I can properly spell uh, insurance without any mistake, um, which, which took me now almost eight years. No, just kidding. I, in the end, we are a tech company and uh, uh, we love the insurance space just because it's so digital, it's so data driven. So I mean, it's, it's, the product itself is just digital and just yeah, the best you can actually get for a digitization. Um, the industry itself is a little bit yeah, strange just because everything takes so long, everything is so old fashioned, etc. Um, but to do tech with this kind of digital product, and then I can. Uh, ignore that we're an old-fashioned industry. Yeah, um, we may tell our audience who doesn't have any touch points with insurance. Basically, they're calculating a probability 
that something happens based on the data and then calculate a premium to ensure if X people are doing this, one will be hit and we need Y to cover all of that. Very, very simplified. Every actuary, if you have some hate mail to meet Joe at startupray.io. Yeah. Yeah, but in the end, I mean, maybe Joe, just one, one sentence to it. One thing that I like and I would love to get like a vote from the audience, even though I know we cannot get it. Um, but if you actually think about the insurance industry or the, the concept of insurance is actually something very, very nice. You create a community of people putting money into one pot and say, whoever needs it gets from the community the money. Yeah. And then over time, everyone gets what they, uh, what they pay out, uh, what they paid in, they get paid out. So that's actually the, the idea of insurance is a very, very noble one, a very, very, nice uh, humanity helping uh, idea um but uh, yeah i think I, even uh, seeing your smile i think most people don't think about this <laughs> this altruistic um mindset when thinking about insurance and this is what we also here for to change mm -hmm. you personally have been elected as uh, to one of the top 25 financial technology CEOs. You also got awards from CEO Today magazine and received the CEO Global Award. Congratulations. In addition to that, now we get to the main reason we are here. You announced just a few weeks ago that you have raised 22 million euros in Series B funding. Congratulations, by the way. Your investors include Viewpoint Ventures, Mtech Capital, um, with participation from Zegenia Capital, Aid Road Ventures, and Columbia Lake Partners. That is pretty good news. Um, how long did it take you? And can you tell us why those investors invested in you? I would assume two things. They trust in the business model and they trust in the leadership team. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I think overall, um, we're in a pretty good, good space. I mean, the question also comes from the downturn that we see in the overall, um, macro economy and also how the tech system overall is just falling apart in, in the, at the moment. Um, but, um, the, the smart investors just look a little bit deeper into like the macroeconomic trends. They just look at, okay, which industries are still like doing well, which business is like continuously growing, not just because of the current consumer trend, but because things are like macroeconomically changing. And this is something, uh, like AI, as everyone knows at the moment, but also introtech, uh, because in the end, what you see, you have a huge industry, which is, just by design, which is a good thing, is not uh, where crisis is not as relevant because in the end, if, if the insurers would fall apart in a crisis, then this is just against the core concept of uh, being there when someone needs you. And therefore, you have a very, very stable industry and um, you have a, a high demand for uh, digitalization. And if you look at just across all other industries in the world, digitalization is something that always happened. Um, and so, uh, the, the trend to just update old legacy systems, et cetera, is something that, um, that is still something that will drive growth in the next 10, 20, 30 years. And this is something that the smart investors just look at and find it interesting. And if you then, then zoom in into this intro tech space and say, all right, who's doing something like this? Then you forget a little bit about the 
um, neo-insurer neo and the direct-to-consumer businesses, but you look into the B2B vertical software, software-enabling models, uh, which is something that we have. Uh, and therefore, I must say, um, no, it was not easy to get a fundraising, but if uh, you want to be in a... So it really helps if you're in a very good space and it also helps, of course, if your business is doing well. Uh, both of it uh, green check mark, and this is <laughs> what helped us get the funding. Um, and it took me from the first time that we talked to them to the signing, I would say, February to June. Uh, that is pretty fast for $22 million. Um You also stated in one of the releases, one of the articles I've seen there, that you could significantly increase your valuation in the round. Can you give us an idea here? Mm, yeah, I can say that we um, managed to uh, have more than, uh, what would I say, um, we almost uh, yeah, almost doubled the valuation, um, which is good. And uh, yeah, I think by now I would be a really, really rich man if this was not just on paper. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this is not what it's all about. Um, but uh, since you asked about valuation, <laughs> this is what I can say. Mm -hmm. For Series B investment, the rule of thumb has been 10 million US dollar any recurring revenue. When did you pass this magical, magical threshold? Yeah. So when you look at this, um, when you look at this number, this rule of thumb, in the end, it is a, is a metric that, that basically is, is used to say, all right, this company has a certain um, size, has a certain scale, has a certain product market fit, acceptance in the market and so on. And this is something that can be um, that can be measured in different ways. So if you would ask me like all of all of the different parts of it, then I would say some of them um, we managed to get earlier, some of them later, but I think it all came together quite nicely in March uh, this year um, when we also then talked about this uh, the, or when we talked to investors. And then if you have a very good capital efficient growth, when you have a very good strategic positioning in a very good market, good customers, good retention rates, etc. Then this is when it becomes uh, uh, really like ticking a lot of boxes um, uh, to also get a funding like this. Mm -hmm. When I've been looking what you've been doing with the fundraising since, one of the things that came to mind is that you expanded to Paris covering the French market from there. I do believe it was a little bit before your Series B fundraising, but you'll use the money to expand there. Yeah, so um, and this, is, this is interesting that this is always stuck in people's mind because obviously they like Paris and I like Paris as well. And it's a, it's a great, uh, a, a great city. Um, but most of our money actually went into the re rebuild of our full platform. Yeah. And so this is something where I would say um, I would put, put more emphasis on it is to say, hey, we basically slice down our monolith into microservices, which is if you come from a, it's a, it's a very, yeah, put it very simple. Um, we were able to yeah, just get a new generation of tech stack. And this basically did use, consume most of our money. And yes, we did also, um, start a small team with a small team in France. Uh, we had the first, uh, contracts, first partners there, etc. 
But I would say the overarching theme of what we did is really bring our tech to the next level to scale it across sales channels, scale it across countries, scale it across languages. Um, and this is, has been the core um, of what we've been doing with the money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see. So most of the money went into a better new tech stack. Do you have any? Oh. First, of course, Paris. You said you love Paris. I strongly recommend it. Um, towards end of November and December before Christmas. Do you have any other tips for people who would like to visit Paris? Personally, I have to tell you, I found it during the hottest time of the year, uh, quite stressful. So I would recommend either spring, fall or pre Christmas time. Yeah. So, so I can, I can agree. I think what, what I like, I mean, I even would say, uh, Paris in summer is actually quite nice as well. I mean, you have a lot of like these small, uh, cafes, bistro, etc., um, which is quite nice. I'm also a big fan and uh, of the Shushu hotel, um, which is very, very central, um, in, in, in Paris, um, and, uh, which has an amazing, yeah, amazing room service, etc. And this is what I like a lot of nice cafes and restaurants that I could uh, give you a full list. Um, maybe we just uh, tag them <laughs> on the podcast. Um, do you have any other plans what you'll be doing with the fundraising? So you have a geographical exp expansion. You also do have um, um, an expansion in terms of tech stack, the ability to slice it down into microservices. Any other plans? Yeah. So, um, I mean, that when you build a company in the end, what you want to do is you always want to grow your business. You always want to just come closer to the vision and the vision that we have is, I mean, we've created a technology platform that basically connects all kinds of insurance carriers and all kinds of insurance distributors and then the customer itself. And in the end, when you think about that, you have such a high complexity of just bringing all of them together and, um, This is where our vision is to really just make like seamless processes between all of them, which is enabled by the tech stack. So this was the prerequisite. And what we're doing now is we're basically using that to scale across the sales channels. What do I mean by that? And which is also what we use the money for. We've signed the largest tight agent organization in Europe. We've signed the largest broker in Europe. We signed the lar uh, in Germany. We signed the largest um, uh, broker pool in Germany. The, uh, we signed a couple of banks. We signed the largest uh, online direct uh, player. So we basically have all the largest players of all the different sales channels. And now it's really making sure that we just uh, penetrate uh, them more deeply, that we work uh, with them together to solve their Uh, the issues because there's a lot to do. There's a lot of digitalization work to be done. Um, and this is what we will use the money and the time for. Mm -hmm. Um, you, um, you actually started out originally as Gewerbeversicherung 24, so meaning trade insurance 24. Then you developed into a B2B platform. That is the last time we've been talking where you helped the um, independent financial um, advisors, the IFAs, to connect with the insurance companies to get their B2B insurance there on the platform. Can you take us along the journey? What you've been doing since? Because I realized you now have three products on offer. Yeah. 
Um, so yes, we we basically did a lot of expanding across these different um, distributors. So the IFA that you have, but I mean, there are a lot of different people selling or consulting on insurances. And what we said is, let's take a step back and look how we can help this industry uh, the most. And this is when we said, hey, we need to basically start and tackle the the consultation process itself. And in the end, it doesn't matter if this person that is consulting on uh, commercial insurance is only uh, is um, um, is only selling one insurance uh, product, so uh, Allianz or only Zurich or only AXA, whatever, or is basically consulting all of the different uh, possible solutions in the market. And in the end, we so we said we want to enable them all. We want to give the most value to them and to the customer, and then of course to the insurer. And this can be done by just focusing really, really on the consultation process. And this is when, because you also mentioned the different products, this is what the advisory suite itself is all about. It's really make sure that this whole consultation process um, of, I have a customer um, here, let's say he starts an online uh, podcast uh, agency. Uh, just imagine that crazy thing that someone could do. Uh, and then you need some insurance. So you would go to some broker or whoever, um, and ask him, what do I actually need? And this is where you would already log into our platform and really start to get this uh, consultation process going, connection to the insurer, get the right pricing, etc. This is all what we would do with our core offering of connecting all of these parties. Mm -hmm. We may add for the benefit of our audience that B2P insurance is a completely different game than actually... Um, insurance for people like life and health insurance because uh the needs of like a little store in the city versus a um place that sells cars a, a car sale a car dealership versus a big industrial site they are massively different so the consulting process is very important there yes it's definitely true that's why they need us no. <laughs> I see. So now you have three products, um, according to your website. Can you tell us a little bit about them? One of them is the advisory suite. I would assume that is, um, the, the, the consultation process. Yeah. So this is the core consultation process. The consult direct is the second one, which is mainly the use of this consultation process or this end to end process on various different use cases so for example you would put on your website um like um, um, our end-to-end -end process to sell a special product you've created with Allianz, for example uh, and this is the, the possibility where you can get basically our end-to-end -end process and put it in there this can be an embedded insurance uh, so you we have uh uh, with one banking partner where we, they have used our platform or at least a, a part of it um, as a snippet um, included in their uh, a banking online banking tool. Um, some uh, insurance carriers use it for their own broker portal um, or for their uh, agents or whatever. So there are a lot of various use cases which don't have like the the core process of I have I am. A, distributor, uh, insurance broker, and I consult the customer fully, but rather like I have a one-to-one end-to-end process that I want to use on various um, different use cases. And the third one is um, the data suite. Um, this is where we use basically all the 
market data that we uh, that we have seen that we've created from the different products from the different market demands and needs because one core problem that this industry also has is that no one has any transparency and this is not only for the um, for the customer problem because customers don't know is my my broker whatever giving me the best price or is it the right thing what i actually need etc um, but it's also for the insurer so the insurance carrier that who should actually create a, a targeted product a product that's actually used by or needed by their customers but they don't know what they actually need because they always have an intermediary in between can be a broker, they don't give feedback, or the, even if it's a tight agent, um, then it, everything happens offline. And as you know, uh, to create data from like offline processes like pen and paper or email or whatsoever, it's just a huge problem. But if you have everything in a platform, then you can aggregate this, uh, this data and use it for product development, for market, uh, for marketing, for uh, market observations, et cetera, et cetera. And this is what this third part is all about. I would say that we are, have by far the uh, best database um, of market data in the B2B commercial insurance space in Germany. I would think that is a big treasure trove there. I've seen not only does this provide product market fit, but also you help them with the visibility as well as the pricing. And the pricing, I do believe, that is a big thing for the insurance companies if they know they can get even higher with the premiums, which will improve their bottom line and make them even more stable in the long term. Yeah, or, or in the end, be more differentiated, uh, differentiative, right? Because in the end, um, there's no such thing as a bad risk. There's just a badly priced risk. Yeah, so in the end, so, so in the end, every, I mean, if someone would give me, uh, if you would give me, uh, 50 billion uh, euro, I would insure you almost anything, right? I mean, it's just a matter of the price, how much I'm willing to, 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 to value the risk. Yeah, and this is what it's all about for us to really make sure that, um, good and bad risks are, or good or that the pricing for the same, for the risks are better. Uh, differentiated and uh, there's more transparency in it and this is what it's all about also what the data for us does is that the customers that behave well that don't have any uh, claims and don't uh, do any fraud and so on that they get better pricings over time and for the ones that are creating claims that are just careless about uh, their business etc that they need to pay more which i think is just fair enough mm -hmm. um you have a claim on your website that tens of thousands of IFAs are already using your advisory suite. I found in an article 50,000 users. Can you uh, be a little bit more specific there in terms of the users? Yeah. So, um, the, the, the specific user is, uh, is a very interesting definition for us because in the end, if you would look at it, uh, someone like, uh, like check 24, which is an online direct, uh, a channel or the largest one in Germany, or if you would look at uh, Ecclesia, which is the largest insurance broker, in the end, there would be kind of like one user, even though they're very, very different. Uh, but if you look at a broker pool that has a lot of like single brokers uh, uh, working with them, like a broker association, then you get to a high number, but they're not really comparable. But in the end, um, yes, we have more than 50,000, maybe 60 by now, 
Um, I would need to check, but pretty sure that this has gone up quite a bit since we um, onboard a couple of these large um, large associations and, and brokers. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say the main thing is that our market coverage or, or relevance has just increased so much by signing all of these large or the largest players of each sales channel that this is the relevance that we needed um, for our platform to create the, I would say, the network effects that help everyone. Mm -hmm. In our last interview back in fall of 2019, you've shared advice when I ask you for advice for fundraising uh, new entrepreneurs that um, you should first build investor contact as much as possible before you actually going to pitch them. Um, it doesn't make, uh, make it, I have to get through. It doesn't force you there. You already know the person. You already can tell them, look, this is what I'm doing. This is uh, what I want to achieve. Does this still hold true? And do you have any more advice 1,336 days later? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would say it still holds true. Just keep your contacts fresh and ready. But focus. focus. This is probably one thing that I would add as well. Um, focus on the right investors that have the same thesis. Yeah, and in the end, it's all about um, underlying market trends, especially when you come a little bit... Um, Yeah, when you come into a market like it is right now, as you can see, the valuations for AI startups have, are still like on peak levels. Just because it's everyone understands that there's a market trend behind behind it, which is like the industrialization or the digitalization, which is just huge. Uh, so people understand this is going to be super important, and this is why they continue to invest. Um, if you um, find the right investors. Um, then they will understand that and then they will follow up with you. And then you find some more, a lot of investors out there, which are just like following everyone to see and, and, and try to shoot a good value deal. But in the end, they're not helping you. They're not believing in the model um, just because of the model. They're just like opportunistic. And in the end, you probably need at some point opportunistic investors but you would also need the ones that really believe in the long-term vision of what you build um, and uh, what the market is all about, because those are the ones that help you even in uh, troublesome times um, and not only when everything is sunny uh, and, uh, and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, great that you've already talked about investors because bef after the round is before the round, are you open to talk to new investors? I did also to, to listen to my own advices. I continuously have the, have the relationships with, uh, uh, with investors. Um, I mean that investors just change because you get to a certain size to change your, um, the interest of what you want to do. You always just need to make sure that you have the right, um, investor with the right profile and the right mindset. And for us, it's all about now growing, scaling. Maybe at some point in time, even some buy and build. Yeah, so we get to a point where profitability is near. Um, and uh, so this just opens up in a whole new world of possibilities um, and interest from insurers, especially in the space that, are, that we are in. Just because uh, vertical software is just super interesting for people, but especially vertical software in the B2B insurance space, this is uh, of, of, of high, high interest. Mm -hmm. 
How many employees do you have right now? And are you looking to hire new ones? Um, yes, we have more than a hundred, I would say 110, um, ish around. Um, and we are always looking to find the right people. Um, so in the end, what we're trying to do is be, um, as an, to offer people that want to have a combination of, um, Hey, I want a startup where things are going like fast and I get responsibility fast. I have young people around me that help me develop, et cetera, on the one hand side, but on the other side, also the feeling of, Hey, I'm in an environment where people have a lot of trust and not this high and fire mentality. Even in the downturns uh, that has happened, we've been uh, staying strong to keep the culture and to just be fair to everyone. Um, we didn't have the big layoff wave uh, or whatever. So we really made, made sure um, that there's a continuous, that culture also counts in times when things are uh, a little bit more rough. Uh, and not only in the sunny times. And I think this is what our, our, our team values. And this is what I stand for as, as CEO of this company. And therefore, yes, we're always open across all different, um, yeah, across all different uh, dimensions or positions. Um, qualified people with the right mindset always interested to join. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That sounds pretty good. And I will share down here in the show notes your career website so people can learn more about it. Just have to make sure it's in English because apparently um, your company works in German, English and French. Um, be before we close in our interview in 2019, I had a strange idea and asked you if there is an insurance um uh against industrial sites getting this destroyed by aliens you said we don't have it on the platform yet do you have it now or should we check back in another thousand days i think we need another 1336 days um even though i'm not sure we might want to add an extra zero to it but in this in, in the times like these we don't know uh, i mean when you see all the ai progress that we're making then you uh, people start to think about uh, the movies Terminator again, uh, and then they might want to get an insurance coverage against uh, the machines destroying the uh, industrial side. So it might not even be that far away. Probably some insurer has already started and own coverage for it, but I don't know, not yet on the platform. But uh, uh, to all the insurers listening, if you want to put your uh alien uh, versus industrial sites policy on our platform please reach out to me <laughs> great awesome closing words Florian. thank you very much it was a pleasure having you as a guest again thanks joe it was great have a good day bye bye you too bye that's all folks find more news streams events and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.